is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. So a little baseball news going on there, and we'll talk some Mariners here, baseball-wise. The uh, Astros and Jose Altuve will remain connected, Dave, for at least five more seasons. 125, so 25 million a year. I always admired that guy until until you found out he was a cheating donkey. Found out he was a cheater. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, you know what? I was listening to is it Sherman is it on uh, MLB Network? Joel Sherman. Joel Sherman. Yeah, he was talking about possibly that there's some information about Jose Altuve that he wasn't complicit. He he wasn't as big of a part of it as everybody thought, or something like that. Did and, he know what was going on? Yeah, I I don't know exactly what his point was, but he said there is some information coming out, and I, you know, and I like okay, if he wasn't doing it, I I guess I I would feel a little bit more relieved, just because I've always admired him for, you know, for the smaller players. I mean, what is he five six? I think that's what he's listed at, which means he's probably 5'5". Five, five. He's probably 5'5". Five, five. He's and, an infant. And he'll hit, what, 20 home runs? He's, he is, listen, just as bad as I feel about what they did and that, as much as I hate that team and everybody involved with what they did, he's you got to give him his props for the kind of player he's been. Now, it helps if you know the fastball's coming or the breaking ball. Well. And to what degree he knew, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. None of us truly know. But, yeah, a guy that size – <clears throat> hitting, he's had multiple seasons of 31 home runs, 24, 24, 28. It's pretty crazy the amount of pop he's got when he's listed at 5'6", 166 pounds. Well, and I just always remember that uh, that picture where Aaron Judge was standing on second base, so that made it even worse. <laughs> but I like it looked like Jose came up to like his his kneecaps. Yeah. And the thing I used to say about him jokingly early on when I, you know, before all the buffoonery here took place, it was like, "Hey, of course he's a good hitter. It looks like a beach ball coming up there because he's so <laughs> tiny." But and he had a big old bat. I mean, he he was just yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a normal size bat. It looks big. I know. <laughs> you would think that he would get like a one that's appropriate for his body, but he doesn't. <laughs> he swings the, the big lumber, man. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, I mean, he's had twice, he's had 31 home runs. Three times, he's had two times, two he's times. had 24. Yeah. Uh, once 28. So yeah, there he's, you go. Yeah. He's got, uh, let's see, career <clears throat> 209 home runs, 747 runs driven in. He's a, a 2,047 hit. So, yeah, he's been a hell of a player. I mean, there's kind of one of those moments where you, you hate to, but you have to acknowledge. You have to acknowledge when somebody's good as much as you hate their team. Uh, sort of like when we were talking about the 49ers. You know, there's a conflict there. Uh, but to my to my knowledge, the 49ers have not cheated. So there's that. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, the, the, uh, the Mariners are, are in a situation I'm wondering. I saw this last night. Now, Major League Baseball teams have started to sign – they're young stars. We saw the Mariners do it with Julio Rodriguez. We just saw the most recent deal. Bobby Witt Jr. signs with the Royals. He's going into his third year. He signs an 11-year, $288.7 million deal. Can reach up to 14 years and be worth $377.7 million. Un unbelievable. Unbelievable. But uh, so here's a list from um, Ken Rosenthal on The Athletic. Uh 
recent $100 million plus contracts. You had Corbin Carroll with the Arizona Diamondbacks, eight years, $111 million. Brian Reynolds with the Pirates, eight years, 106.75. Jose Ramirez with the Cleveland Guardians, seven years, 141. Julio, we talked about, 12 years, 209.3. Wander Franco, we'll see what happens there. But 11 years, 182 million. Nolan Arenado, eight years, 260. Fernando Tatis, 14 years, 340 million with the uh, with the Padres. So they they... I saw this story from CBS and they broke down, you know, these are teams that could be looking at big contracts for some young stars coming up for each of these teams. And the guy they listed for the Mariners is George Kirby, mm. which I thought was interesting. And they, they give a little explanation it says extending young pitchers is always a bit of a dicey is a bit dicey because there's so much inherent injury risk. But Kirby's command centric approach makes him an excellent bet to age well as long as he stays healthy. 26-year-old has pitched at something very close to an ace level since making his Major League debut in May of 2022. He's an important part of the core to try to bring the first-ever World Series championship to Seattle. How about just an appearance? Uh, Kirby is still five years away from free agency. So he's a guy I'm, – I'm always leery when it comes to pitchers and in long contract. I mean, you've seen it. We saw it with Robbie Ray. You sign him to an extended deal, boom, blows the arm out. It just feels like – I know it's not every pitcher, but it feels like every pitcher at some point. It's not if, but when. What would you do with Kirby? Would you extend him? Would you Would you say, all right, he's a young guy. So even if he does have an elbow issue, he's got to have Tommy John. We've seen Shohei is going through it for the second time, second Tommy John surgery. So it's it's not nearly as uh, – it's not the death sentence it, it used to be viewed as. These guys come back and they often throw harder. They're as good as they ever were. Yeah. So even if he – I'm not certainly not wishing this on him, but even if he were to go through something like that, I wouldn't look at it as a bad idea to uh, to sign him to an extension if they can. Well, and that's – it's interesting because that was kind of what we were talking about was the, the one guy that's the no-fly zone as far as trades go yeah. is Kirby. Yeah, and without we, question. We talked to Ryan Roland-Smith. He said the exact same thing. He's like, not even close. Not even close. So, yeah, I, uh, I on one hand, you do worry like they eventually break down. But as far as fixing them, <laughs> it's uh, kind of sounds like uh, mechanical, but, you know, it – those surgeries typically work out okay. So, I mean, if he's your best player, and that's it's kind of interesting, you know, talking about him in that light because I haven't really thought about him being like the big time, you know, big star and like all these names like that you're you're talking about here. And yeah, I think he's as important as anybody on the team. Yeah, I mean, he's you're talking about an ace level pitcher without question. We talk. Remember last year we were debating at one point like if you got a you got one game to win and it's the difference between you getting to the postseason and not, and you've got everybody healthy, all your starters are completely healthy, rested, ready to go. Who are you taking? And we had the majority were going with Kirby over Luis Castillo. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that shows you how much confidence he's built up in the fan base. I think probably Scott has that level of confidence. He's just. He's a guy that seems pretty unflappable. I know he hit a bit of a speed bump at one point, had those comments after the game about I shouldn't have been out there, and, you know, that it didn't sit well for a little while, but I think he's he's back in the proper frame of mind since those comments. Yeah, did, do you think he, he survived that okay? Yeah, yeah. I think initially was, everybody had the same reaction, like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's the last thing you ever want to hear from a player. You want, mm-hmm. you want the, the cliche, you got to drag him off the field. 
you got to, this guy's not coming out. You got to drag him off the field. That's what you want to hear. You don't want to hear the opposite coming out of the player's mouth saying, I don't know why I was even out there. Shouldn't have been there, you know, implying that. So yeah, that, 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 that certainly didn't play well, but yeah, I think, I think everybody's beyond that. And he's, he's, he's your future. He's your future. I mean, he's, he's younger than Luis Castillo. We'll see how long Luis can be that guy, but you know, there, there was, I would say for the majority of the season, I had much more faith in Kirby's ability to go out there and shut the opposition down. Whereas Luis seemed to have a bit of a home run problem here and there and just sort of untimely when he would, when he would get uh, lit up a bit. So, yeah. I think it's kind of interesting that that's the one sport where that would be acceptable because in any other sport, if he, you would have said, I shouldn't have been out there, you know, it's like, wait, go out there and fight for it, man. What yeah. are you doing? But I mean, the fact that, you know, he felt like his arm was, was not right or whatever, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I think just from what we've heard from Shannon and, you know, people that cover the team that are around it, that, you know, he's, he, he's an okay guy. He, he's fine. You know, and pitchers can be a little off, right? Oh, yeah. As far as, you know, you, you certainly don't want your catcher saying things like that. But, yeah, I thought he survived that just fine. And, yeah, he's uh, he's looks like he's going to be getting a payday at some point. But I understand the, the hesitation just because the pitchers are just so fragile. I mean, you see yeah. guys that will, like, blow a knee out or something you know running down off the mound or something it just seems like they work so much on just that one motion i feel like they're not the best as far as well-rounded athletes yeah it's it's uh yeah it's always dicey like the like the little blurb said it is dicey any pitcher whether they're young whether they're they're further along in their career they can be dominant, and then boom, all of a sudden they're injured. Whether you're talking about Jacob deGrom, whether you're talking about Max Scherzer, whether you're talking about Justin Verlander, they've all gone through these, right? We're talking about Clayton Kershaw. Now he's 36, but he's a guy who's dealt with back injuries throughout his career. He's now got the shoulder issue. It's just it's inherent with that job if you were going to do it for any, any length of time. The rarity is going to be that pitcher that really never has any big issue. I mean, Nolan Ryan was that guy until – the end. I think it was against the Mariners that he he blew his arm out. That was the last game he ever pitched. You know that was a that was a hard throwing fireballer who didn't have the, you know Tommy John or the rotator cuff or any of the torn labrum. These things we we hear a lot about with pitchers these days. That's the rarity. Yeah. So I don't know. They, it, outside of Kirby, who do you look at on this team and go? That's somebody you need to lock up for the future. Hmm. Logan Gilbert. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've I've always loved Logan. I I feel like he's like sets the tone as far as his uh, his personality and everything. He kind of keeps things light, and yeah, I, I feel like he's. You know, it's funny. I was I was looking at um, the difference between Bobby Witt Jr. his stats and and Julio. They're pretty pretty close, mm-hmm. and you know, both about the same age, I think. But you know, you look at uh, Julio. As far as uh, home runs, Witt hit 30 last year, 20 the year before that. And you look at Julio, he was 32 last year, 28 the year before that. Same with the batting average, everything. So, yeah, those guys, it's amazing the amount of money. And, you know, you looked at what uh, what they did when they did that deal for Julio. It just seemed so ridiculous. But now you look at these other guys and, like, it's pretty much on par. What about Cal? Yeah, Cal's a he's another one. I guess, you know, he doesn't hit for average, but the fact that he's a switch hitting uh and I think the the best thing about Cal is the way he handles the rotation. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I don't think that's we, a guy you got to drag off the field, Dave. Yeah, that's, he had the torn 
thumb ligament, oh, and he's out God. there taping it together and catching ninety nine mile an hour fastballs, triple digit fastballs with that hand. I mean, he's that's a, that's a guy that's the opposite of I don't know why I was in there. He's like, no, oh, no, no, God. I'm I'm in, and that's it. Yeah, you have to drag him off. I remember one he get talked about getting hit on the inner part of his thigh and you know there's no padding down there and that it's kind of a sensitive area yeah oh man i saw he had like a, a big bruise and he, he was showing it to me and he goes and then i hit it it got hit again you could see the uh, the stitch marks Ugh. of the baseball on his leg so yeah that guy is as tough as can be and he also like you want a leader on this team i mean that's the one guy if you could pick one it would be cal raleigh do you fear that he may not want to come back. Yes, I do. I, <laughs> I mean, do that's... based on what he said last year. And that that worried me. And it's not like I even got mad at him. Um, I guess if you're a diehard Mariner fan, no matter what, maybe you're you're not happy with what he said. But he, he basically spoke the truth. I feel like that guy, he, he doesn't say a lot. And when he does, it's, it's meaningful. He carries some weight. Yeah, and especially just based on him setting the tone of what kind of player he's going to be. I mean that that's that's a good one because you know that that guy is as important to this team as anybody, and I, I would say it's not close. Yeah. I mean, as far as just knowing the entire team, I mean, he's kind of the connection between the position players and you know the the bullpen and the starting lineup. You know, he he pretty much works with everybody and. He, you, you couldn't have a better sort of mantra of the way that he goes about his business, as they say in baseball, just toughness, smart, talented, timely, big time hits, doesn't seem to be phased by anything. No. Yeah. No. Like when you asked him afterwards and he's like, yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> always be one love of my that. favorite responses ever in a huge moment, just completely nonplus. Just, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> just, but yeah, I might. I worry. There's part of me that hopes that you know, as a fan, that they're competitive and in the playoffs. Just being a fan, but I want these guys to want to stay here when when it comes time to make a decision. I want them to want to be here versus this organization. They don't want to win. I'll, let me go somewhere that wants to win. I, I I fear that. I fear that because of how vocal he was and how everybody in that clubhouse backed him up. You know, some some did it publicly, whether it was Ty France, Logan Gilbert, J.P. Crawford. They all said, no, he didn't say anything wrong. Nobody nobody countered what he had to say. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it just that's the other part of it. Yeah, you want him here for yourself as a fan and selfishly to be a part of it, but I want him to want to be here. I don't want him to be going, when can I get out of here? Can you work a trade? Can you get me to a, a situation where they actually want to win? Yeah, that's what's what I don't want. Uh, meanwhile, we got the Super Bowl coming up, and we talked about some of the distractions off the field. Kadarius Tony is 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 a goofy one. We talked if you just joined us, we talked about it earlier. He he got into the, a bit of a I, don't, I won't say back and forth. He took to to social media to say, yeah, these Chiefs are reporting that I'm injured. I got a hip. I got an ankle. I'm fine. I'm not injured. And then Andy Reid came out and said, no, the, the injury report is accurate. We'll see how things go forward. He's he's not done much for the team. He really has been a disappointment. He's a first-round pick. They got moved from the from the Giants to uh, Kansas City. He's got 27 catches this year. He's under 200 yards receiving, one touchdown. He, he's He's got more of an impact off the field than he does on the field, and it's in a negative way. But uh, he was on NFL Network uh, talking about this situation, and he says that his rant – um, went up uh, the day after the AFC title game. It was it was aimed at the Giants fans. 
got like a mixed message behind it, I guess you could say, and then a lot of footage got chopped up in the release. So it made it like I was attacking the one I love the most, like I made in the post that I was saying, I was referring to. I never attacked the chief, never said anything about the chief. Who so I was referring to was the giant fans, or whatever people in my comment, you know what I'm saying? My comment box, not even on my live recording. So you wouldn't even know they were there. But I was referring to them, which I shouldn't have. I, I just wanted to go out there. I feel like how you say get my message across as far as my injury, but I shouldn't have did that at the end of the day. Um, I'm a man, and the day I can uh, I can accept my mistakes just like I accept my wins, you know. But I'm just moving past that right now. You know, we're here now. We're trying to, you know, win. So that's his explanation, he said that he I guess. He was referring to the Giants. Uh, Giants fans talking about his injuries or something in the comments. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. But then he was asked, do you think you're a number one receiver in this league? And he's like, yeah, if they get me the ball, Uh they get me the ball. And I'm like, oh, there's this there's the cliche. When you when you think about wide receivers, you think about all their divas and they complain about not even if they they get targeted 15 times in a game, they're complaining. And, you know, I know that's that's painting with broad strokes. But as soon as I read that, I went, yep, that fits that tracks. Yeah. Uh, You know, I I I love that. Andy Reid, like, he just totally threw a bucket of water on it. He's like, yeah, he'll be back out there, and we'll see how he does. <laughs> you know, just a very tepid comment about something that – and you know what? If this is the biggest thing that pops up Super Bowl week, I mean, I feel like every week there's something that just gets entirely either blown up or they drag something back through the mud. And one of no. them was was uh, Ray Lewis with the – involvement that he had where somebody was shot i believe mm-hmm. and you know and i can't remember exactly how that whole story went but you know they were bringing that back up from like it was years before that yeah uh um, well then he had the deer antler spray and then the deer <laughs> antler spray which i still haven't even heard anything about that since that super bowl yeah i don't know what was it perceived to be some sort of steroid some sort of yeah, it was uh, enhancement of, of i don't know i don't know what the hell it was. i heard that's what matt takes for his uh, lighthouse gig is that his lighthouse gig? Yeah. Well, you can't fall asleep, Bob, or else ships are just going to shipwreck all over the place. <laughs> They're just going to be running into rocks everywhere. you got to be awake 72 hours at a time. It's tough. <laughs> so it's the tough deer kick. antler spray gets you where you need to go. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. definitely an illegal, you know, artificial stay awake enhancement. Doesn't the light just kind of go on its own? You don't really need to be awake to turn it. Boy, Dave, you know nothing about lighthouses, do you? Is that right? Yeah. You sound lighthouses. Come on. You sound so ignorant about the concept of a lighthouse right now, Dave. It's it's honestly. I'm sorry. So you're down there like cranking something, making the light go around. Exactly. Ah. You got a monitor. You got to gaze out into the sea for the boats. (laughs) You got to gaze, Dave. All hopped up on deer antler spray. (laughs) Exactly. Gazing out into the sea. (laughs) You've got no knowledge of the lighthouse life. You yeah. don't get it. All right. Well, I'll... you don't respect the lighthouse, Dave. <laughs> Do you want to tell everybody what this is about? Uh, was it in Canada with it? They were offering a job for someone to man a lighthouse. Is that yeah, right? they're looking for lighthouse keepers. And as someone who is grumpy and likes to be left alone, I think <laughs> it's naturally it's a perfect gig for me. <laughs> he said, I found my calling. Where can I sign up? Where do I apply? They would probably he'd probably get an assistant. Matt would have some somebody there that he didn't know about, and the the guy would just be just chewing his ear off, just annoying the daylights out of him. So you were in sports, huh? Tell us about the uh, the Seahawks. What do you think about the new coach? 
You've ruined my dream job, Dave. <laughs> Matt would drown him. Yeah. <laughs> Matt would take him out in yeah. the ocean. Matt would be like, hey, where's the other guy? Well, he didn't make it. <laughs> he, didn't make it. I, he went swimming one night. Yeah. I haven't seen him since. Haven't I don't know what happened to him. It's uh, a real shame. Deer antler spray is actually banned because it contains uh, insulin-like growth factor. So they've banned that in professional sports. Deer so I don't know that, how that would help much. But. Product, man. That is weird. Uh, I haven't really heard anything about it since. Also, so did they I ban it immediately? Is that is that why? Like, it just as soon as that story came out, yeah, it just hit so. the the ban list. That's, I don't think anyone ever heard of it, right? In the NFL until I, that came I, out. I don't recall hearing that ever until that story came out. Yeah. I, I remember having the same reaction, like, "Wait, what did you say? Deer antler spray? What in the hell is that?" Yeah. Is uh, is anybody a, a Las Vegas guy? You, you like going to the casinos and yeah. you know the big pools. It's good for two days. It's good for that. two days. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was just looking at all the highlights from down there and they have, you know, every uh every casino has like the the water show out front oh, yeah. and lights and all that stuff and Yeah, I mean I, I think in my younger years it was it was kind of cool. I liked going to the sports book where you would see these people and there would be like 100 televisions up. And then you see like somebody makes a half court shot and it's like 75 to 80 or whatever. And people are screaming and yelling like, why is they he? just covered the spread? They covered the spread. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> somebody's somebody's cheering every moment in one of those games. Yeah. And you but, got games. You got like auto racing over here. You got horse racing over there. You got everything. But if you're a gambler and going and staying in Vegas, you probably are going to lose money. That's why they have all the lights and all that stuff. And then you go and pay five or six thousand dollars for a seat. And that's if you go by yourself. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that doesn't include anything. No concessions, no, no parking. That just gets you in the building. Exactly. Ugh. And probably in a pretty crappy seat. Yeah, yeah. If that's the low end, yeah, you're you're sitting on the roof somewhere. Yep. All right. The NFL continues its push for a global takeover. We're going to get into that next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on seven ten. Wyman and Bob, powered through the Alaska Airline Studio on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Oh, the stories we hear off the air. Tell you what. Yeah, there's some. Really twisted minds mm. behind the glass. I don't think you know ball, Dave. You don't know that story. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a football hardcore story there. Everyone knows that. Chris Jones? Yeah. Combine? I wasn't aware of it either. I don't remember hearing yeah. that story. Uh, anyway. Like, like I said, you guys are sick. Yeah. Sick really people are. seek out those kinds I, of stories. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't typically come across those kinds of things. I thought you watched the 40-yard dash in every second of the Combine. I do like the combine. Yeah. I have been known to... I remember K.J. Wright's performance in the combine. So, yeah, I liked... I was uh, the first group that started at Indianapolis, 87. That was the first year that they that they did it. And I guess I had such a important and significant performance there, they decided to keep it there. Yeah. They yeah. said, this is where Wyman happened. Yeah, yeah. We don't move from here. That's right. This is this is historic yeah, right. now. Do you watch... <laughs> do you guys watch the combine, though? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting. Yeah, it's, I, I usually end up recording it, and I'll go back and yeah get to the position groups or the drills that I like watching. Yeah, I I like that. I like the Senior Bowl, um, those practices. Yeah. you know, watching those they televise all of that on uh, NFL Network. But yeah, the combine has become a huge deal, and it's huge just, business. It's fun, you yeah. know. And I don't know if this year they're going to start selling tickets again. There was some 
mm-hmm. crowd in there. Some fans. Yeah, yep. but I mean, it used to just be entirely empty and quiet, and you know, all the different teams have a suite where they have their guy. That's where Pete took his shirt off in front of DK Metcalf. So yeah, now yeah. they figured they we can monetize this. We need money. So yeah, NFL's gonna they're trying to take over the world. Well, they are. They're 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 gonna be uh they're gonna be playing a game in Brazil, Dave. Uh, and the Eagles are the uh, home are announced as the home team. It's going to be Friday of opening weekend, the opening weekend of the season on Friday. So a Friday football game. Uh, Roger Goodell making that announcement. Brazil is new for us this year. Uh, we are incredibly excited. We're going to do it on our kickoff weekend, which is an unusual um, approach and different than we've ever done. We actually are going to play it on Friday night of our kickoff weekend. Uh, so we'll have Thursday night as our kickoff game. Friday night, we'll come back from Brazil in Sao Paulo. The Philadelphia Eagles will be the host team. And then we'll come back with Sunday night and Monday night, and obviously a great group of games on Sunday afternoon with our two partners. So we think this is giving us an ability to access more fans, not just here in the States, but on a global basis. Well, yeah, makes sense since the game's not here in the States. So you would you have access immediately to Brazilian fans and in the surrounding areas. But So you'll have a game Thursday night. Friday night, then Saturday and or Sunday and Monday. So Saturday off, Sunday Monday. Mm. It's a lot of football for the opening week. Yeah, it is. I'm I'm curious if they ever and I think Taylor Jacobs and I were talking about this uh, the other day about if they ever spread out like that would be the ultimate move if there's a game on every single night. I mean, it would it would kind of make sense, but I feel like a lot of people would be less productive in their jobs yeah. if there's every every day there was. Because in 2020 they had that season they had a game. Was it that or 21? I think it was I think 2020. It was 20. The, yeah. the COVID year. Yeah, and they were like very nimble about it as far yeah. as you know, changing things around, stuff like that. So. You know, the, the one thing I looked at is Sao Paulo, uh, what the elevation is there. It's 2,500. Because when they had it in Mexico City, Mexico City's elevation is like 7,350, you know, and mile high is, what, 5,230, 5,280, something like that. And I just remember the guys were just absolutely gassed in yeah. that. I think it was the Raiders and the Patriots, the last one I saw. And they just, I mean, they were there for a week before, but still the, the elevation de- definitely got to them. But I'll, I'll be curious to see, like, how is this going to, what do you think is big, bigger for soccer, South America or Europe, where it's more, like, popular and more sort of... I don't, soc- Everybody, soccer is not my area of expertise, but the 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 Brazilian guys I trained with in jujitsu, not karate, day, yeah, uh, soccer was religion, yeah, to them. Uh, I even offered them Sounders tickets at one point, and they're like, nah, "That's okay, Bob. That's okay." Yeah, like they didn't consider that soccer. That's like oh, us really? looking at the uh, you know going to see the the Aqua Sox, like minor league to them. Uh, so I know it's I know the place it holds in terms of importance, but it, I don't know, aren't the best teams and you know like. Manchester United and all those teams. Yeah, Europe. Yeah. I yeah, because England and, and uh, Germany both were big. I mean, the Seahawks practiced at the wh- whoever the franchise was there when we went uh, to Germany. Mm-hmm. So, and that, that was huge. And their payroll was something like $365 million or something like that. So, but yeah, to take that away, I mean, I just, I'm in a very um, diverse neighborhood where people from all over the country, like, 
people from New Zealand, Australia, and then, you know, uh, German family, and then people from India and things like that. And, you know, it was like, well, we know you have your little football thing, but uh, you know, soccer, soccer is the most, you know, it's the most watched sport in all the world. And I'm yeah. like, that's great. Good for you. Yeah. Have have your soccer. That's great. But you have your little football thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, do you like a you like a good conspiracy theory, Dave? Oh, I love enjoy it. those. Have you heard this one about the Super Bowl that there, there's people, uh, there are people out there with a straight face. It's it's all over social media, and they're out there just trying to trying to uh, scream it to anybody that'll listen that the this the NFL is scripted that this was the plan. The NFL had this plan to get the Chiefs into the Super Bowl. Because why? So that so that they could get Taylor Swift there. Because they're really hurting for business and audience, Dave. So we really need a boost. We how do we get out of this rut we've been in as the NFL just making tens and twenties of billions uh, on this sport? We got to. How do we do it? Let's script the season. Everybody will play along. None of it will leak out. And we're going to get the end result we wanted, the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And this is Roger Goodell actually being asked about that. What do you say to those who think it's all scripted by the NFL? I don't think I'm that good a scripter um, or anybody on our staff. I, I, I think it's, you know, I listen, there is no way that I could have scripted that one. Let's just put it that way. But she is, um, or anybody in our office, she's she's a remarkable performer. She knows great entertainment. I had the opportunity to go to two of her concerts with our girls and my wife. She she's the best of the best, and and so having her come to NFL games, have her a part of that, is nothing but a positive. I saw the I saw the video. Scripted. Yeah, I'm not a good scripter. If, if you if you think it's scripted, if you actually put any level level of credibility into that notion. Slap yourself in the face. Have a friend slap you in the face. You should be embarrassed. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, that's usually people that, you know, we talk about like people that hate football. They like all of the the rules. And these are people that just maybe tune in once a year because of, you know, the Super Bowl. But yeah, that, I mean, that would be the hardest thing. You know, we talk about like throwing a game and stuff. I mean, I guess the kicker. You know, you could probably get to. That would probably make the biggest difference. But this implies the NFL had the plan and they got the teams to buy in. So yeah. here's what's going to happen. Chiefs, you're going to win. Ravens, you're going to lose. Sorry, but that's the script. You're right. going to need to lose at home. I mean, what what is wrong with you? How, how can you be that dumb? It's 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 almost scary that somebody could. And there's a lot of people that it's sincere. I mean, I, you could hear him laughing about it. But if you are on social media, Dave, you'd see people out there genuinely trying to peddle this as fact that's why i'm not on social media Ugh. i don't i don't respect anybody that doesn't have you know a reason that i should listen to yeah. them other than that they have a website so yeah but um just absolutely ridiculous uh, by the way i think you sent the video where she is down on the field and she's uh, talking to Tony Romo. She comes up and says, yeah. uh, Taylor Swift does. Like you do a good job or something like yeah, that. Yeah, do a great job. And then, you know, I, I like when uh, Travis and his brother Jason came together and she kind of stepped back and let him have their moment. And yeah, seems like a seems like a cool chick. Yeah, she's fine. It's fine. I, I don't yeah. I can't say much about her music. I don't know it, but, you know. Whatever. <laughs> it's innocuous I to me. I don't I don't get the 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 
rabid reaction to her face being shown for two or three seconds on the screen. I don't. It's a it's a weird reaction to me. But whatever, whatever. You'd think that I would have gone and looked up what are some of her songs because I couldn't tell you. I I honestly, I don't know that I could name a title. Bob, you're a music guy. Come on. I I, I know I should know a title of one of her songs. I know I've heard them. You, Didn't you, can't you say help. she writes songs about breakups? Yeah, that's her thing. I, the, all of her songs supposedly are about breakups. I mean, she was a country artist when she first came out. Oh, wow. And she's morphed into the, the pop super, super duper star that she is now. But, yeah, just a uh, huge, huge you know, story. Just, hey, shake it off if you can't name any of your songs. Shake it off. It's that's fine. one. Yeah. yeah. It's oh, not like it's a love story or anything. Nice. What was what that part? I say it's not like it's a love story or anything. It's a love story? Is that the title? That's another title. No, we're just, story. I'm naming titles. White now. House. Matt's you, about to throw like 30 at you. Look what you made Lefko do. <laughs> you belong with me. Thank you, Dave. I uh, give her I give her credit because, A, I think she plays completely live, unlike a lot of pop acts go out there and lip sync, and, oh. B, I think she writes her own songs, which you admire. I, I, I've got respect for that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about if the music appeals to me, but I give her respect for creating her own music and actually performing it live. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, we, uh, we unveiled some good news earlier in the show in case you're just tuning in uh, and you missed it. The news is John Schneider, the John Schneider show returns on Thursday, February 22nd, right here with Wyman and Bob, our weekly conversations with the Seahawks GM. We're going to run every single Thursday through the first night of the NFL draft, which I believe is April 25th. So we're going to have them each and every week. Uh, times will be announced. Still trying to nail down the exact time. So stay tuned to us and seattlesports.com for updates on that. Coming up, something like this would never happen on our show, but there was a big mistaken identity this morning on Radio Row. We'll tell you about that when we sweep the dial. Coming up with Wyman and Bob, this is Seattle Sports on 710. Scanning the airwaves for the most interesting and entertaining stories of the day. Sweeping the dial every afternoon at 445 with Wyman and Bob. All right, we'll get to the case of a mistaken identity in a second. This was highly entertaining. But uh, yesterday in the Lions season ending press conference, GM Brad Holmes took a bit of a victory lap, called out some media members who had been doubting their draft picks over the past couple of seasons. And those picks were not welcome by many in this room. You know, Dave, you want us to pick quarterback. You didn't want us to pick Panay Sewell. You know, people didn't want us to wait to the fourth round to draft a wide receiver. People didn't want to wait on a Derek Barnes to develop. But every single move was intentional and was made with intention. You know, back in 2021, we did not have multiple ones. We did not have multiple twos. We did not have four picks in the first 100, you know. Now we did have that and we used those wisely. You guys didn't agree. But we use those picks wisely. <laughs> we had one extra pick in 2021. We had a comp third. That was Iffy Melifonu. Carlos, I know you said that that was a miss. Wow. I could him. He is calling people out. He's doing exactly what you wanted Jerry DePoto to do. Remember that? You said he should go out to walk out onto the field with uh, middle fingers extended. <laughs> and just spin around. Yeah. Like, this is for all of you. Yeah. It, he's, he's kind of in a way. Not 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 as abrasive, but just yeah, you doubted it, you doubted it, and he's like, All right, I guess he's entitled to it. Sounds kind of funny, but Well, all it's right. it's not uh what 
normal GMs do. They just kind of sit there and take it, right? Yeah. And I like that he's fighting back. Maybe the more GMs will start going, hey, you guys didn't, you wanted this guy. Remember, you wanted that guy. Yeah, he's remembering what each reporter said. Yeah. Remember, Dave, you said that was a bad pick. Or yeah. You, want, you didn't want Panay Sewell. Exactly. <laughs> well, and I think that's, that's something that, uh, you know, by the way, uh, the Bengals picked – Jamar Chase yeah. instead of Panay Sewell, and they got a bunch of heat for that. Yeah, because they were like, you got to protect Joe Burrow. What are you doing? Right. And, and now, now they really like the connection yeah, between Jamar Burrow Chase and Chase. Is not too bad. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I like that, uh, that that's a new trend. I don't see John Schneider doing that, but... I couldn't see him doing that either. Yeah, but I, I just think it's funny that he went through that, man. That's one of the better clips I've heard in a long time. It's like... Yeah, you know, because uh, everybody is like, oh, yeah, I was all over that guy. Well, what were your other picks? You yeah. know, I mean, you, you happened to hit on a guy just because you read something about him, probably. I mean, that's what I, that's how I used to bet on horses. You know, I would read something and, you know, I would be like, OK, I really like the sound of this. Yeah. Meanwhile, all the horses are pretty, pretty much the same. Right. But uh, and then you think you're a genius because yeah, of that. Because I read what this other person said about yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> Sweeping the dial. Now, funny you mentioned horses. Uh, that'll relate to this. So, uh, Boomer and Geo, WFAN's morning show, which, by the way, has to start at 3 a.m. out on Radio Row now because they're mm. on at 6 a.m. Eastern. So, uh, they're all a little bit sleepy this morning, but they discover that they booked the wrong person. What is Randy Moss promoting, by the way, Al? Do you, do you know? It's something having to do with horse racing. Really? He's very into horse racing. Are you sure this is the right... This the Yeah. Not this the other Randy, Randy Moss, Moss. The wide receiver, not Randy. Is there another uh, yes. Randy Moss? Yes. Uh-oh. There's an announcer, Randy Moss. Who is into horse who racing. Who is into horse racing. Please tell me that's fake. That, I, no. That would no. be so awesome. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. I'm going to double check that. Or maybe the Randy Moss, who is the sports announcer, or the horse racing announcer. He also he used to work for the NFL yeah. Network. Come on. I swear to God. Yes. How's that possible? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this is cool. oh, Jesus. This is horrible. Just wanted to check to see if you would be interested in current NBC Sports broadcaster and former NFL Network broadcaster and reporter. That's right. That's you booked the white Randy Moss. Oh my God! You idiots. First of all, that is. I was thinking like, there's no way Randy Moss is coming here. No wonder they were so excited too. The, the person was like, Oh no, he will definitely be there. Are they in the bathroom? No, this? I think they're in an empty, very loud, or you know, long, cavernous exhibition. Yeah, I hall. guess if they're on at three a.m. and not a lot of shows. There. Even even yeah. during prime time on Monday is the worst day of Super Bowl week. Nobody's there. Very few people in the way of guests and the crowds. It's very light. You so, said you've been to seven, seven, yeah, Super Bowls. Were you on Radio Row every yeah. time, just like we were? Right. Yeah. That's when. The start of the Wyman and Bob show happened That's in that New was York. The, the seeds were planted then. Yes. Now yeah. that I look at the Randy Moss from horse racing, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I do recognize that guy. I've seen yeah. him. Every time you, you watch like a, a big high stakes race that happens to be televised, you at got le- that guy. At least he didn't show up at the set. I don't know if that was supposed to be on the phone or he was going to be there yeah. in person because that's <laughs> that's I, my old show on Sporting News. They had told me about being out at the Pro Bowl. And they they brought over who they thought was Jeff Garcia. They were in Hawaii at the Pro Bowl, and they were getting guests, and somebody brought over who they thought was Jeff Garcia, and they sat down and started talking to him. It was Tim Dwight. Remember Tim Dwight, the returner? I think he was with the Falcons. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, white guy. He was, I guess he looks similar. Yeah. And they started the, talking to him. The white guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's a, like three to choose from, maybe four or five. Yeah. So just he looks, speaking to the wrong guy. and Kind of looks like a quarterback. I think I think they did. They showed, we at one point, we looked at a side by side, like, yeah, I guess I could see that. Mix up. But that would, to have somebody there on set is humiliating like that. I can yeah, imagine. When you start an interview and then you realize you don't really know who it is. This happened one time. Gosh, I wish I could remember the player, but the Seahawks used to send him up to postgame and New York Vinny was running the postgame and they sat the guy down and I didn't know who he was. Yeah. And Vinny didn't know who he was, so he just ignored him. And he just sat there <laughs> continually doing the, the post-game show. And then finally somebody came over and wrote a uh, little note and yeah. handed it to him. It was some obscure wide receiver, but <laughs> it was like, I'm just going to ignore this. Yeah. He's <laughs> just sitting there. Sweeping the dial. Well, the Vegas mayor, Carolyn Goodman, on the front office sports podcast says uh, it might be better if the A's stay in Oakland. We have a very large complex, probably about 60 acres. We probably could cobble together more land so they could possibly have 100 acres. And it's in the historic old part of town, which is where all major interstate highways come together. We have seven access points to it. It is in an opportunity zone. There are all these benefits. And so when they said no, I thought, this doesn't make sense. And so why is it happening? And then I thought, well, because they really want to stay in Oakland. They want to be on the water. They have that magnificent dream and yet they can't get it. Would it be a good thing if the A's do in fact move to the Tropicana? I personally, I'm not talking about anybody else anywhere else in this community. I personally think they've got to figure out a way to stay in Oakland to make their dream come true. How about that? Make their dream come true? That's that's the mayor of Vegas out there saying, you should stay in Oakland. <laughs> wow! Uh, I I hope it it turns into a complete cluster bleep for them because I can't stand their owner. I think he's just he's shortchanged that fan base in, in such a bad way for so long. He deserves this sort of turmoil and stress. Sell the team. Sell the team to somebody who's serious about competing. And yeah, maybe they can work out a deal in Oakland. But th- that's the Vegas mayor. Usually, most cities are like, yeah, bring it here. I, I mean, they're thinking about revenue streams and you know people coming in. But now Vegas is unique in that it's already a destination. It's already where people go for vacation. So they don't. I don't know that they need the A's to be there for anything specific that they don't already have. Doesn't sound like it. <laughs> that's for sure. But uh, yeah, it, it's kind of weird the way she like, well, they should just work it on their own. They're on the water. Did she say? Yeah. Yeah. yeah in was, the bay kind of kind of strange. Um, Goodness. But yeah. You look at those same 1200 people that show up to the games and you feel like you want to reward them yeah. in some way. Yeah. So maybe they will stay in Oakland. Sweeping the dial is powered by Seattle University men's basketball. Coming up, we'll get his thoughts on the Super Bowl matchup and everything else happening in sports. El hombre. Michael Bradley joins us next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710.